Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. back baby it's the horns up talking texas podcast fisher disciples dj nikki snacks credit the Quan cosby is on his way back from victory road in tuscaloosa we tweeted out yesterday 34 24 on the back of nikki snacks credit and Quan cosby calling a 10 point victory and guess what gentlemen we hit the nail on the head the texas longhorns went in as seven point dogs not only did we cover we won we beat the alabama crimson tide at their own game at home and it really was from not from start to finish, but pretty much the majority of the time, a very glorious feeling. I, I do want to start off with probably maybe the most important point for me, which was at when it went to 1613 and they had come back and we had lost the lead. It's those moments where, oh no, here comes Texas again. Here it is. We've had the lead the entire game. It's going to fall. We're going to blow this thing. Alabama's taking the lead. They're at home. They're going to keep the momentum. It's 16-13. Then it's going to be 23-13. We're going to try to come back, and we're going to fall short. The minute they took the lead, we responded right away. They responded. We responded. They responded. I think there was a certain point where there's four touchdowns and like under five minutes between You know, each team had two touchdowns. And the poise that Quinn showed standing in the pocket and continuously delivering. I think that I said that to you guys while their quarterback, Jalen Milrow had a very good game on the ground and did a great job extending plays. There was a nice beauty in having a pocket passer who didn't feel like he had to improvise all the time and break plays all the time, but rather had to stand in the pocket and deliver. He, he ran when he had to, but by and large, Quinn did an excellent job of standing in the pocket and delivering. We called for a Jatavian Sanders game. We absolutely got what we wanted. A.D. Mitchell delivered the final blow and was very fitting. Uh, a guy who's played Alabama a few times in his own right when he played at Georgia. And then on the defensive side, I mean, Ethan was great off the edge. Ant Hill, welcome to the college football moment. And by and large, our team, just everybody, we had so many pieces. We had so many good players on paper. Everyone showed up and played out. Yeah, the defense was completely stellar. Um, you know, I mean, heading into the ICC, we're going to have to play with that type of defense every single game. Mm-hmm. And they played with a lot of fero- ferocity and and uh, the, nothing was rattling them. I mean, they picked off Milrow twice, sacked him five times. I mean, Anthony Hill, the freshman, had a huge game, you know, sacking him twice. I mean, that guy is really happy that he chose to decommit from A&M and come over to Texas, I'll tell you that. For me, the biggest takeaway in this game was – us being able to score 21 points in the fourth quarter. Like that, that's not how this Texas team operated last season. You know, you get to the fourth quarter, you get to the second half even, and the offense falls flat. I mean, obviously we have 13 points in the first and they, you know, it was a little slow start, but they had six points in the first, um, but huge being able to score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and letting your off offense operate on all, on all facets, running the ball, and throwing the ball. I mean, I'd like to see a little bit more rushing yards, but I mean, that's an Alabama defensive line that, you know, could potentially be all going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Josh, what you're talking about in the third quarter, 
not only did they score to take the lead 16, 13, but they had kicked a field goal previously at the beginning of the third quarter and the end of the, uh, the end of the first half as well. So they had really scored 13 straight points. So not only were we answering to that touchdown, but we were answering to all the prior um, scores that Alabama and production that Alabama had had. Uh, We were the better team through and through. And I think specifically going to Bryant Denny field, Bryant Denny stadium and executing better on offense, on defense. Uh, I think the main reason why I, I leave that game with kind of a, especially if I'm an Alabama fan, with a sour taste in my mouth about Jalen Milrose because he didn't execute when he was forced to make important reads throughout progressive drives. He wasn't doing it consistently, which I think is what Quinn did in the second half. Um, that throw over the top to AD Mitchell, he made a perfect read on the safety, the safety bit on the, the across route. Um, and he, and he knew exactly when to let that ball fly. Same thing on AD Mitchell's slant. He, he read the rookie corner. He threw it behind him to make sure that AD had enough time and was and had broken free on his route. Like These are mature reads that Quinn was making and executing and, and, and coming up with the throw that he needed to get his guy the ball. Um, I mean, all three of AD's, he only had three receptions, but they were all very crucial. Quinn throwing up the left sideline to him from his own five-yard line. Like This demonstrated to me the confidence in himself that I wanted to see from Quinn Ewers and all it takes is one excellent game against Alabama and you're back on the Heisman watch. You have that credibility again. Your team is believing in you. You're smoking a cigar in the locker room. Like I don't mind that. I know we've only won two games this season, but the exusion of, of confidence from Quinn is exactly what I was looking for. And I needed to see it on the field. I needed to see it come to fruition, but it helps when your defense is that stout especially on the defensive line. And we took some punches at the beginning of that game in the first quarter. um, You know, that first couple of drives that Alabama had Jace, Jace McClellan, who was fantastic against us last year. I think he had six, six rushes for 96 yards. And of course he broke one for 50 plus at one point in the game, he seemed to be effective. Miller was effective and they were kind of gashing us, but we stood firm PK and the defense reset the tone. And just the fact that we were able to bounce back, in so many different fashions in the second half from an offensive set standpoint in the first half from a defensive standpoint, our imprint was all over that game and special teams was excellent from the, from the first punt that we had, we downed within the five yard line. I I was excited to see what we were going to do the rest of that game because I knew we were prepared for that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a hundred thousand people there yesterday, which is crazy. I mean, I know it's not something, I know it's something we're used to, but obviously still extremely loud. Um, yeah, I got yeah. punched in the face. Crazy, right? Nick, Nick got rocked in the face. I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you, Toss. Like, there were times where, you know, we we wanted them to spy Milrow a little more, but our, our front seven really just stood in there. I mean, we have we came into the season like, all right, Baron Sorrell's our pro, and while he's been good, like, there are other guys in this defensive front seven that have been really phenomenal. Tavondre Sweat has been has been nothing short of our maybe our best player on defense, as good as, as Ethan Burke has been. Uh, Tavondre Sweat's been fantastic. Jalen Ford, I know he had that ball go through his hands, uh, unfortunately, yesterday for for a touchdown to Alabama. But other than that, he's been pretty he's been pretty stellar. And David Gabend has been has been, been awesome too. So our, our upperclassmen are really stepping up nicely, um, and, and that's obviously something you want to see is these guys who have stuck with the program now for you know two different head coaches have been through the downs, have been through the ups. 
um, really come in and deliver on the road. Uh, it, you really can't ask for a, I mean, I want to say you can't ask for a better game, but quite frankly, like if worthy catches the ball, uh, if Brooks doesn't drop the ball, you know, if, if Burt hits that field goal, like by and large, we could have won 45. We had a, we could have had 45 on him. Like, yeah. We left I mean, a lot of points on the board. Absolutely. Um, I thought, you know, there were things like worthy in the return game. I thought that was, he left a lot to be desired for me. Um, you know, we had, yeah. we started with in the 10 way too much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there was a lot of, uh, I think like, you know, some jitters, maybe, you know, some miscues that, that, I mean, the worthy t- drop touchdown that it's kind of unacceptable, but you know, yeah. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, being on that big stage. I mean, but that's going to be the rest of the season. You got to, you got to perform every single play. Um, for me, it's like, as a Texas fan, we're so used to having the little things go wrong, right? Like having the Jalen Ford going right through your hands for a touchdown. However, this time it gets called back because they have a legal man downfield. So that's not a touchdown, right? Like right. you need these little things to go your way. And there was a lot of things going our way in that game. You know, there was plays getting called back for Bama. You know, there was finally some pass interference is getting called on a, like, you know, for us, for us yeah. um, you know, just little like fumbled, fumbled balls, you know, that are ending back in our hands. Like those I, little I mean, things that went our way that were the right calls by the refs, but for they sure. don't always make those calls for us. So mm-hmm. I shout out to the officiating for calling a clean game, honestly, like in review of that fourth down, what ended up being a conversion, it was called on the field that Quinn had the snap and then fumbled it, which would have meant that it would have been down um, where Jonathan Brooks uh, recovered the ball, but then on further review, and they actually overturned that, which they don't always overturn that, whether it's the right player or the right or the right call or the wrong call. um, And they did, they made the right call. And I still think that it's a bit of a a weird rule, the ineligible man downfield, depending on the play and the circumstances. But I am appreciative of the fact that it exists in the rule book on that play and, and Ford, he, he won't let that next one go through his hands. And the other Whittington also had a drop on a tougher catch. Yeah. Um, that would have been a nice third down conversion, which would have kept the drive going, but third and long, you know, I thought we held our poise, um, fourth down. I never felt like Sark was pressing. I felt like he was always in control of what he wanted to do. I didn't feel like Saban and the defensive game plan for the Alabama Crimson Tide really was forcing Sark in an uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do again, like just with the confidence he has with, with his quarterback and those guys, like we were scheming guys open, like the Jatavian Sanders play where he took that ball 60 yards to the five yard line. That was schemed open perfectly. And Quinn made the exact right read at the right time. And if we execute like that, defenses are never going to, they're never going to know what's coming. We have a left hook. We have a left jab. We have a right hook. We have we have a counter punch. Like we have a body blow. We have it all because we have Keelan Robinson, Jonathan Brooks, Baxter, who was tremendous in the first half. Um, so many different weapons. I mean, Xavier Worthy had six receptions. I think five of his receptions and his one rushing attempt all came on that one drive in the second quarter where it was after the drop, and we were like, "Look, we're going to get you involved in the offense." He has to be ready, you know, for those moments going forward putting up statistics that Marvin Harrison Jr. did yesterday um, because I think he should be in the running to to potentially win the Blitnikoff at the end of the season. He has that talent. 
But I think this is kind of just the beginning for us because we can continue to get to that next level. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm looking sorry. at the penalties too. We have four penalties this game. That's it. I mean, 40 yards, you know, total. They had 10 for 90 yards. So, I mean, when you're winning the, the penalty battle, it's not I just think, yards, And I think, I think two, like of our, two of our penalties were false starts that we were fine taking anyway. Like one was for pump position. I think maybe right. another one yeah, was yeah, for, yeah. for timing. Yeah, the delay game. So, or the delay game. Yeah. So, yeah. So we were clean. We were very clean. I really just, you got to give it up to Sark. You know, he schemed well, played, called the plays the right way. You know, we weren't frustrated at any point with his play calling. I, I don't feel like, um, yeah, I mean, it's very clean game. A uh, nice revenge game felt really good. I mean, yeah. we now can go on destiny. Like hundred percent. It's all it's like you, you have to Baylor's is 0-2. Texas tech is 0-2. You have to now, yes, be excited. You went into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama a year before you go play in the SEC, but you have to now go take care of business and treat every game as seriously as you treated that game. I mean, yeah, Sark was phenomenal. Got, so, I mean, they did it to us too. Like throwing guys in motion really can disturb a defense, and, and Sark had that in spades. There was guys moving all across the field for us, which was great. Um, I, I was really impressed by that. And I think, again, just you know, a couple little things. Like it was really awesome to see when I thought the game could potentially unravel for us. It unraveled for them. When we were at a bar, all of us, and they played shout, and everyone went ballistic when we were up 27-16. They came, they score, they get the two-point conversion. We were like, oh, no, we celebrated too early. And then we came and we answered. Hit him right back in the mouth. Hit him right back in the mouth. There was just so much resilience and so much retaliation with this team that you just never saw in years past. And I think it was – I think what it was was the calm, cool, and collectiveness that Sark had and the poise that he had and the, and the poise that Quinn had and the poise that, you know, a lot, a lot of our players had. Like, you bring up the penalties. Like, when things are going haywire, like, people tend to make mistakes and get grabby. I think any penalty we had was by – like, the, even the one penalty that passed interference where they could have caught a touchdown, like, that was probably a good penalty. And, you know, Xavier Worthy, like, on that pass he threw, drew a penalty pass interference like like little things like that like were big plays in the game yes the drops yes the bad punt returns but i think once we get to big 12 play like if he if he wants his if he has a sight set and a bullet in a cough like great like he, he'll have a shot to me honestly i'm let these pac 12 kids put up the numbers let them put up the numbers yeah. and get the awards at this point whatever like i think this team has bigger fish to fry i think yeah. this is we are in a prime like us, Florida State. Those are two organizations that are in prime position to really make a serious run and put themselves in a position to go to the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really fair point. I mean, I'm sure Georgia fans were a little bit upset that Stetson Bennett didn't come home with the Heisman, but I think it was okay when you know they won two national championships. I mean, I think we could care less. If we I think we would take a national championship every day of the week, three times on Sunday. Over yeah. Quinn winning the high and Quinn too. I mean, look, if if we win the Big Twelve <clears throat> and we get to the college football playoff, Quinn will he will be in the Heisman race. Like we're the University of Texas. He's our quarterback. Yeah. Like that that means that holds a lot of weight. Maybe not as much in the Bolitnikov standpoint and, and just from the positional awards, but 
it just you have so much clout as the QE of the Texas Longhorns when we're winning. And I just I I I feel this is no pun intended, but I feel a tide changing here with this win because it it really to I don't want to undersell how difficult it is to go play in that stadium on the road. Josh, you said how many fans were there. Like I had buddies texting me saying they've never been to a game like this before. My it's cousin different. said it was the craziest thing he's it's, ever been to. It's different. It's different there. Like I've never gotten the chance to go to Brian Denning, but I've been to Death Valley and, and Baton Rouge. It's different there. Like, and so I, yeah. this just excites me for the future because if we can win in that type of environment, more and more guys want to win play anywhere. for us. We can win anywhere and we can win with anybody. And so this is really, really great. And I hope we continue the, again, continue the momentum. Now it's the Nayer revenge game, right? We get, we get Wyoming and we'll, we'll talk a lot with Quan about that. They're not, a, they're no slouch, you know? No, they're no slouch. They'd be Texas tech. Can't take yeah. it lately. Um, I will point out that, you know, as good of stats, these, Pac-12 quarterbacks are putting up Shador Sanders, Penix Jr. I mean, I think these guys are are legit and are probably going to have real chances at making a run for the Heisman. Quinn's thrown for 609 total yards and rushed for, or sorry, thrown slash rushed for seven touchdowns. So two games and way better opponent in the mix. I mean, yes, we're talking about Colorado playing against TCU, who's probably not going to be that good this year in, in Nebraska. You know, I mean, it's it, – I remember I told you guys a while back that there was a Heisman voter that told me it's about how the player plays in the big games that they that they play and their opponents, you know. Not necessarily all the numbers, but, like, what they do in the big games. And this is, this is by and large, the biggest game that has been played yet this season by any team. You know, yeah. maybe the Florida State-LSU game. But, like, this is a huge stamp, seal of approval – on a Heisman race for Quinn and, and Tosh, you're right. If we're heading to the, to the college football playoff, he's going to be in the mix that, because we're playing so well, you know, barring injury, of course. Yeah. The one thing we, we ran for 111 combined yards in this game. Um, I thought Brooks was really good to close out the game on the last couple of drives converting, especially on that third and long where confidence in our offensive line Brooks goes up the middle. Like I love to see that play work for us. Um, and it was kind of the the play that sealed the deal. But I'd love against a lesser opponent like Wyoming or at least one of these games upcoming on our schedule before we get in that second half of conference play where we go on the road and we have some really tough games um, for the rushing attack to dominate a game. I'd love to see that happen where, an, where the offensive line just wins because I want to see us win in multiple ways because I think yeah. that just makes us more dangerous as an offense. Yeah, yeah, it's harder to game plan, harder to scheme for. It, that game's coming. It is. I mean, I, th- I think with this game, you know, Sark knew what kind of defense he was going up against, and yeah. so the the when our receiving room, I, and I say this with full confidence, I think it's the best in the nation. I don't think that there's anyone that comes. Maybe Ohio State is is pretty close because they have Marvin Harrison Jr. But I think in terms of just balance and depth, there's no one deeper than our room. And so when you have that. You have that huge weapon against one of the top defenses in the nation. You have to use, you know, your your best guns. You really yeah. do. Full well, force. I, I mean, look, like as talented as our players are, I think there are probably NFL scouts that come away from that game last night and still believe that Kool-Aid McKinstry was the most NFL ready prospect out there on the field. Like, and that's that's viable. Like he might he he might be the first DB off the board. I wouldn't be surprised. Like 
And we still trusted our weapons to go against that. And I think the X factor there is, Josh, you started the show with it. Like, it's Jatavian Sanders. We've got the guys on the outside, but we've got a tight end who can basically do it all. And that's such a valuable asset to have in college football because not a lot of teams have that guy. Yeah, I don't know. I truthfully think we probably have a top five receiving room. I think Ohio State's is, I think Ohio State has the best duo. They're uh, Ibuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. are going to be two top 15 picks. I, you know, covering USC, I see their receiving room. It's pretty ridiculous. Granted, they have the best quarterback. So I think that helps out a little bit. But what they do pretty nicely is like as good as, as good as their pass game is, Marshawn Lloyd and Austin Jones at USC, they run the ball extremely well. I think that's because their pass game gets so much respect. I think after a game like this, I think our pass game getting more respect, like ultimately, will allow the run game to happen. Like you have to work in that run game. You have to. Like you are not going to skate by uh, on throwing the the ball alone. Like you, especially when it's late in games. Like you don't want to have to rely on the throw. You want to you want to rely on the run because when you're up, you want to get the hell out of there. Yeah. You want to end the game. You want the game to be over. And and I think, I mean, Nick, we were talking about it as we were watching. Like. Baxter is going to have a game where he goes off because this guy is, he's so big. He does not look like a true freshman out there. He runs, he finds the right holes. He makes the right reads when he needs two yards, he gets two yards and the Alabama defense. They have some of the best guys out there in, in the entirety of college football. Like there were two or three, maybe even four runs where the last linebacker got him. And if they hadn't got him, he would have bounced out outside and, and really taken it upfield. So yeah. It's coming, and I, I'm confident that it will it will happen it's soon. Coming. Honestly, yeah, it, it's definitely coming. Uh, I would say that he might have been a little bumped and bruised still from last week. You know, certainly mm. took, took some took some uh, time off with to to nurse the the ribs. But I mean, I think in his head, there's no way he's not playing this game. This is his first opportunity to play against Alabama. So, you know, there was probably a little bit of the reason for his productivity being so low. But yeah, I was still yeah. impressed. Yeah. I, I think there's a world in which he, he gets more involved in the receive game too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, four catches yeah. out of the backfield. I mean, that's, that's – I mean, we'd be happy if Bijan got four catches a game. I mean, like – season. Spread. Yeah, he spread the ball around really well. I'm looking at it. Everyone everyone kind of caught the ball. Um, I No Nair, you know, I would love to – No, yeah, the receivers – yeah, maybe Cook, you know, Nair. I would like to see. Excuse me, but no pressure on that. I love that he's getting the running backs involved. It's very exciting. Um, yeah. In, in 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 the past game, and you know he's he's making them cover early, like in early in the field. Like he he's hitting quick slants, quick you know quick screens, uh, and bringing the bringing the the DBs in, which is nice because his long ball, which, you know, subsequently, like once you bring the DBs in on these short screens, you take a shot at the long ball, the moon, like the moon ball, ball worked. The moon the ball moon. worked. It worked this game. He hit it. He hit great pass. The pass to AD was great. It was a great pass. And to, and to worthy. X-Men. Yeah. yeah. He, he had to hit it once or twice and he did. Yep. It almost makes yeah. you wonder, like, was he intentionally trying to, I mean, he, he wasn't in the rice game, but still, yeah, I mean, hey, he, he, look, here's what I'll say. I'll end it on this. We rose to the occasion. We, we as a team rose to the occasion, and that's what you need. You know, we, I just hope that we don't play down to our opponent, you know, going forward because there's going to be a lot of cupcake games here. 
There's going to be a lot of easy games that you cannot let blind you. You have mm-hmm. to every single game the same way. So let's do the same thing against Wyoming. You know, don't take the week off. Keep the foot on the gas pedal. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, man. All right, well, they should they should feel very good about themselves. They should be very proud of themselves. We all feel very proud and feel good about them. So amazing stuff. We'll see you guys this week with Q. Uh, Really unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hook Hook them horns. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.